Welcome back. We are doing another exciting interview with our guest, Sari Ibrahim. Sari is the CEO and president of Fine Asset Protection. Uh, you can find that at fineassetprotection.com. And he really specializes in the program Bank on Yourself. We uh, we invited Sari to join us because we wanted to look at financials from kind of a different perspective. A lot of times on the show, we are looking at, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts getting into your uh, your profit and loss, your balance sheet, and, and working with the uh, the small businesses. But uh, Sari's going to bring a little bit of a broader perspective, uh, kind of talk about, uh, you know, some, some financial stability for your small business, some best practices that, uh, that he has has. And so uh, with that, uh, Sari, if you don't mind, why don't you give a little bit of your background, um, kind of let the, the listeners know uh, where your expertise is, and uh, and then let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do and uh, how that can benefit uh, you know small businesses. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so kind of a little bit about me. I'm a, a financial planner. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. That's where the company is also located. And I pretty much help clients in all 50 states. And mm-hmm. pretty much a lot of my clients are small business owners and real estate investors. And pretty much we show them how to build safe and, and predictable wealth, um, regardless of market conditions and how to kind of budget and and kind of find more cash flow. Um, one of the problems we see with a lot of small businesses is they, they kind of do a good job at um, increasing marketing and increasing revenue like through marketing. But then it's a matter of keeping that money. And this is where we come in. We help kind of the clients keep more of their money over time and then eventually for them to become their own sources of financing. So that's who we are. That's our specialty. It's what we do. We work alongside, you know, CPAs, alongside attorneys, alongside other professionals. But we're kind of part of the team when it comes to small business owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I kind of want to kick it off with uh, this whole idea when we're talking with, um, you know, entrepreneurs and a lot of times they're looking at kind of financial planning and they isolate it out. They're like, well, okay, you know, I mean, financial planning, that's something that you do if you work for a company and you've got, you know, your, uh, your 401k, that's great. But as an entrepreneur, I really don't look at that. And I loved how you were mentioning right off the bat, you're like, we help them manage their cash flow. We help them understand where they're really coming in. And I, I want to know, like, what is it that, you know, specifically that you can do that's going to help a business, you know, with their cash flow, that's going to help them better understand their finances, you know, kind of, kind of touch on that and just let's lay a foundation here. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, with, when, when it comes to like, for example, an individual owning a small business, a lot of times those two things are kind of separate separate bank accounts, or at least they should be separate bank accounts, separate projections. It's kind of, they're, they're two different things. You're, you are different from your entity that you own. But what we do is when we do a financial analysis, that's kind of, the, that's kind of the first step when we work with the client, we do a full thorough financial analysis on the individual, the person themselves uh, and their life, you know, with their spouse, with their kids, with the p- parents, pretty much the whole picture of the financial situation of that family. And then we also do one on the business and we kind of connect these together because a lot of times a small business is a very, is a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of small business owners wear numerous hats, and there's a lot of connections. Meaning that the small business is that person, and that person is a small business. Even again, if it's separate, we kind of kind of try to look at it as one picture. 
and we get an understanding of what's happening right now with the client, what, what's going on financially, how are they doing? And, and we also kind of look at two for retirement. You know, what's what's the retirement strategy? What's the exit strategy? What's the retirement strategy? Or do they plan on uh, selling the business? What's, what's next? And for a lot of small business owners, they're surprised when we ask these questions. They're like, oh, you know, I never thought about what's going to happen in 20 years. I didn't think about if I'm going to sell the business or if I'm going to have my child run it or I'm going to, you know, lease it out to somebody. These questions kind of, um, most most small business owners are not in a situation where like they can retire off their business. Mm-hmm. So they have to kind of think in these ways. And this is where we come in. We help them kind of think of the next steps to do. We also help them pretty much a lot of budgeting tips, a lot of budgeting tools. Like for example, having a daily tracker of income coming in and, and expenses and something that's kind of basic to see. And we actually build this out for our clients. We give them like a free tracker to use and, and these small things. And and kind of from my experience too, as a small business owner, um, I, I failed at becoming a small business, business owner when I first started. And I went through a list of things that after, so I, I started a small business, quit that or just put it on the side, went and got a full-time job. And then I went back to being self-employed because I, I always want to keep doing that. Just because it didn't work at one point doesn't mean it's never going to work. I just needed to kind of deter my goal for a little while, then come back to it, and which is exactly what I did. And when I came back to it, I was like, hey, you know what? Instead of just doing this from, from scratch, I'm not, I'm not an inexperienced business owner now. I do have experience, even though it didn't work out the first time. I still have experience. So I made a list of things that I did wrong. And one of them was, the first one, I didn't have a business plan. And then part of a business plan was number two. I didn't have a marketing plan. I didn't have a budgeting plan. I didn't know where I was going financially and how I was going to go. I didn't have other sources of income. I didn't have just cash reserves. So a lot of basic things. I didn't have access to low interest capital or 0% interest capital. I did good capital, in other words. So I, I, went, I went through these things and I was, all right, now I have to do the opposite of these. I have to have a business plan in place. I have to have a budgeting plan. I have to have a marketing plan. And... And pretty much I was able to, and then back to the marketing plan and the budgeting plan is having a budgeting plan and knowing where to go. Because when you know where to go as a business owner, you're more likely to get there. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, I see this a lot of my clients is that they'll be like, yeah, I did a business plan, you know, three years ago. And I haven't looked at it since. And, <laughs> and I think that it's a more of a repetitive thing. It's not just something you do at one, po- one point in time. It's something that you keep overlooking. You keep doing that because when you keep looking at a plan over and over, it sinks into your mind, it sinks in. And then now it's like a language you speak, you understand your business, you understand the language and you're more likely to get to your goals if you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the fire hose got turned on and, uh, you know, we're sitting here drinking because yeah. I'm just like, whoa, there's a lot that, that came out in that. And I, and I feel like, uh, I feel like you're not alone in this, right? This is something that entrepreneurs, all over the world face, right? Uh, we see time and time again that somebody's first shot at a small business often fails, but that's their learning experience. That's their foundation to start from. And so um, for you to be able to articulate that these are the kinds of things that are universally understood among successful entrepreneurs and small business owners, or, or maybe people that have failed for their first time, it it's definitely a hopeful message. Like this is something that, it's it's okay to have happen. You learn these lessons and you can rebuild. You move forward from it and there are better ways to do things, right? And you've outlined a few of those, but yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool. So so this is this is really, you know, as I was listening to you talk, I'm like, hey, there's a lot of information and I picture that there're probably some listeners that are like, "Whoa." Like I, I just got overwhelmed. So uh, let, 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 let's, bring yeah. it, let's bring it down. And I'm going to ask this question. You've got a lot of experience in working with businesses. You've seen some mistakes. What are some of the big mistakes that are super easy to fix 
that you're like, man, if, if, if only businesses would just do this one little thing, it would save so much grief and so much headache. So from your experience, I know everyone kind of has their top 10 list, but I'm talking like, what, what have you seen down in the trenches working with businesses? You know, what, what are the, the top one or two mistakes and, and an easy way to just avoid getting into that situation in the first place? Yeah, definitely. One mistake that I see is the ability to, there's a way for business owners to kind of recoup their losses or to kind of recapture the money they're spending so that way they can keep more of it. And I kind of have to understand the concept a little bit. I have to explain the concept a little bit to be able to articulate this question or this answer. Mm -hmm. So pretty much there's a concept that's called the infinite banking concept, or it's also known as the bank on yourself concept. It's Mm -hmm. a way for business owners to kind of store cash somewhere have it grow, earn compound interest, and then be able to access this, this this account so they can borrow against it and use it for any purposes they want. And I see this as a way that because in, in, in businesses, it's not an either or approach. It's not either you're earning income or you're spending it or you're saving it or you're saving for, for your retirement. There's mm-hmm. a way where you can connect all these things together. So you can save for your retirement, become your own source of financing, have have kind of certainty and more certainty in your business using these cash reserves as a way. And this is just one small thing that if businesses, I feel like if businesses, businesses applied this strategy, they'd be able to stay in business longer and they'd also be able to do more things in the future, like have a higher valuation on their business, be able to take over other businesses, be able to do other things with the ability to keep more cash in their, in their business and in their lives. Now you're making it, uh, well, okay, let me actually back up with the question. This is what I want to ask. A lot of business owners, they try and do this process. I've seen them try and do this process, and they struggle with it because to them it's just, well, I'm going to put some money away, and then when I need it, I'm going to call on that money. And and as you're describing this, uh, you know, there's, there's more to it than just, yes, put some money in a savings account, and then when you need it, you've got that money in the savings account. You're talking about there's an actual growth strategy here here that that needs to happen and so you know i mean what what are some of the the starting steps because it there's more to it than just you know putting a little bit of money away in savings and then and then having that well yeah spot on you just you know you're spot on there's there's more to it and for example let's just say we're going to put money in a savings account what are some problems with that number one inflation um, so if you have your money sitting in a savings account, inflation is going to outpace the, it's going to, your dollar is going to be worth less in the future if it's just sitting in a savings account. So you need it sure. sitting yeah. somewhere that's going to earn compound interest. That's going to actually outpace inflation. Mm-hmm. And then also the loss of opportunity costs. So as a business owner, uh, and I, and I see this a lot also on the real estate investing side where a lot of, you know, they would have cash sitting in a bank and it's almost a loss by just sitting there. It needs to be moving around. Uh, it needs to be moving around in marketing dollars and advertising and branding in different ways, um, new employees, whatever the case might be, but th- that money needs to be moving or else you're going to have a loss of opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. But then I would contradict myself if I just said you need to spend all your cash in your business because this is all about saving cash for the future. So now it's how do we do both? How do we save for the future? How do we have cash reserves that sit there? And how do we have a liquid and using it at the same time? And the way to do that kind of from a a concept that's been around for a thousand years is, you know, companies would have money earning interest somewhere. And then when they want to access it, they borrow it from different sources at lower interest rates. So this way there's an arbitrage where you're earning money on your money and still being able to use it. Mm -hmm. And this is what the concept is based off of. The infinite banking concept is based off of the ability to have your money grow somewhere, earn compound interest. And then when you want to access it, you borrow at a lower interest rate from somebody else. Even the largest companies and largest banks do this. They have billions of dollars in cash reserves 
And then when they want to access those, that money, they don't subtract from that from those reserves. Because if they do that, they interrupt the growth of their overall reserves. They borrow from different sources at lower interest rates, then and then have an arbitrage split where they're earning more money on their money than they would be uh, just using straight cash from a bank account. Because if you do that, if you just use straight cash from a bank account, then you lose the opportunity to earn interest on that money forever. Mm-hmm. But if you have it sitting somewhere that's earning compound interest, and then when you want to use it, you borrow at a lower interest rate against it, then you always have, you have the cash reserves there, and then you have like an in-house source of, of financing. And I know it's really like technical stuff, but pretty much just think of it a way as the ability to grow money and use it at the same time. Yeah. So this is what I really like about what you're talking about. Um, I, I was doing a little bit of research the other day, and I was looking at you know kind of kind of some of the the modern practices of uh, larger companies because small companies, uh, honestly, you know, the difference between a small company and a large company is usually large companies do best practices and small companies wing it. I'm being a little facetious here, but you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what are some of the best practices. And large companies they have chief investment officers. Like it, it, it's a management level position that is in charge of managing the investments of the company. They really don't have anything to do with the business itself. They have everything to do with managing the investments. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. And, you know, I look at it and I'm like, man, as a small business, sure, you probably aren't big enough to justify putting someone on salary and calling them your chief investment officer. But the concept holds true. And whether you're going to be doing this, whether you're going to, you know, contract with someone like yourself who, you know, specializes in this, whatever the case may be. But as a small business, if the big boys are doing it and they're very successful, you should be doing it, too. I mean, that's a little bit my philosophy. Yeah, definitely. Um, Two things, actually. So one, I just started a podcast called Thinking Like a Bank. And I pretty much show listeners how to think like a bank by applying the same strategies and principles that banks use. So we're pretty much going through research on what banks do and what like large private equity firms do. And the more on the on the mindset way, it's not a it's not a show about how to become an actual FDIC insured bank. It's but mm-hmm. it's more of so on the thinking principles. So I like how you mentioned that. And the reason why we chose banks to mimic the way they think is because the banks you know have a lot of money, trillions of dollars. They're doing sure. something with the mindset side rather than just having the money. It's more of what they're thinking, what they're doing, the the expertise they have. And the second thing you mentioned that I really like is the investment, the chief investment officer. Yes, that's definitely, it would be awesome to have somebody on payroll, but actually, and I'm not, you know, saying this to promote us, but you can actually have us as like your chief investment officer externally to your, your, your business. And we can kind of take care of those things for you. And this kind of touches on another, a third thing that I wanted to mention in connection with this is that the way we we don't charge any consulting fees or service fees or we don't we don't have any billable hours we get paid after a solution is implemented so this mm-hmm. means this means that you can contact us go through the whole process of learning about this concept how we can help you and then when it's time to pretty much execute or, or complete that then we would get you know paid from the from the insurance companies we work with the financial institutions we work with but that would come at the end so this means that you know you can you can contact us and get you know all these free consultations without having to pay anything, mm-hmm. which is which we know from all our small business owners is that they would actually like that. Like a lot of people don't like to pay for things before they even receive them. Right. So something to kind of help out is that you can have like this chief investment officer externally to your, to your company that understands your company and understands your needs. And I, and I apologize if this is too salesy. I just wanted to kind of address it from the way of, of, of seeking uh, more information on this concept and how to, how to learn about it. Yeah. I, 
I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because the principle that you're talking about, yeah, you gave the specific example of what you do, and we all recognize that you know you have a business and you're good at it, and so you're you're passionate about it. But this same concept applies to so many other aspects. I wish that small businesses would realize the importance of getting their team put together. And as a small business, a lot of times you're like, well, I can't afford a chief marketing officer and a chief investment officer and a chief financial officer, and so I'm just going to do it all myself. And it's like, no, 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 you can't afford it because there are services out there. There are people who specialize in it. And, you know, it's amazing the level of free consultation available to small businesses. It's also amazing how many contracted hours you can, you know, I mean, if, if I'm a small business, I don't need you working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week on my company. I probably need two to three hours a week. And and so, you know, I'm only going to pay for what I need. And so I I actually appreciate you bringing that up. And, uh, you know, it's cool. Do a little self-promotion because, you know, we do self-promotion too. We tell people all the time, hey, buy our stuff because it's amazing. And it is. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, l- l- let's talk a little bit more of uh, how do you get started here? Because I've got a lot of businesses that they feel like they're in this downward spiral. You know, it's it's the cash crunch. You come to them and you're just like, well, you know, you need to you need to put cash aside so that you have cash. And they're just like, idiot, I don't have cash, so I can't put it aside. But thank you for coming and giving your presentation. And so how do how do you talk to you know those businesses that they're like? I'm already in the cash crunch. I would love to, you know, yeah, if if I could only invest, you know, this percentage, sure, but I I can't even make payroll in 2 weeks. And so, you know, what 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 can you say to those businesses who feel like they're on the wrong side of the equation? Yeah, definitely. And and we do come across that where clients are like, yeah, you know, we're having obviously cash flow issues. So we never want to be an expense. I don't want to be, you know, the next bill on their, you know, monthly statement. Uh, we're trying to help that monthly statement not affected. Um, and, and we kind of tell our clients that this is more of um, repositioning dollars, not necessarily a larger expense, but more of how you're spending your money and, and repositioning those dollars in a more efficient way. Um, you know, we're all in the banking industry. Everybody is. If you earn a paycheck, if you're a W-2 employee, you own a business, whatever the case might be, we're all in the banking industry. Mm-hmm. We all use checking accounts, savings account, debit cards, credit cards. Therefore, we're all in the banking industry. It's just a matter of being on the right side of the table uh, and, and repositioning those dollars. So that way they can kind of funnel back into uh, the account we own that, that's earning compound interest and then we can reuse it. For example, um, some of some small business owners, you know, they, they they tell us, you know, they're tight on cash, but then we go through the analysis and everything, and then we find out that some of their vendors don't charge them for like 60 days later. So they're sitting on cash, you know, for 60 days. Mm-hmm. It's not their money, it's the vendor's money, but they're just holding it because they bought their products on credit, they sold them, they collected cash, for example. This is more of product businesses, you know, kind of warehouse, wholesale kind sure. of types of businesses. But this is just an example that they're sitting on cash now. They could use those dollars to fund a policy that the business owns. And then be able to borrow against it and then use that borrowed money to pay the vendors and then kind of have this cycle going where they're earning compound interest on money that's just sitting in a bank account. Rather, in other words, instead of the money just sitting in a bank account, not doing anything for 60 days, they can earn compound interest on that. Mm-hmm. They can also use that business, that policy to increase the value of their business. So the cash is sitting in, it could be sold to the new owner and they could kind of add that on or even add that charge on plus interest to the to the value of the business. Now, it's, a, it's an asset on the balance sheet. So some of these tips and strategies can help really change the way a business owner 
kind of proceeds in their business. And again, it's not so much of adding an expense, it's repositioning those expenses and, and kind of finding a more efficient way of using those dollars that you're already earning and you're already spending them. Mm-hmm. But again, just repositioning those dollars that you're earning and spending can make a huge difference in your business. Yeah. And, and again, I look at this and I'm like, if the most successful companies in the world are doing this at a large scale, why can't you do this at a small scale? You know, there, there, there's no difference. A percentage is a percentage. And, you know, if you can get an extra three, five, ten percent off your money. Yeah. You know, it's that that's money, you know. And so I, I think that's wonderful. So I'm 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 sitting here thinking, you know, because I always bring everything back to kind of that uh, that that small business owner and and what they're looking at. One of the things that I've come across uh, very often. So, you know, we do small business trainings, and when we're doing these small business trainings, you know, like uh, we we've got our one program, Growth by the Numbers, that you know we encourage a lot of people. We're like, take this financial literacy, you know, financial management, learn what you're actually doing. And I come across the uh, the CFOs or the accountants in the company that they'll tell me all the time. They're just like, yeah, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, like, I already know all that stuff. Now, now, for me, you know, just kind of getting personal here for a second, I, uh, I got my undergrad in finance, and then I went ahead and got my MBA in entrepreneurship. And I remember when I got into the real world, I'm just like, oh, man, I've got this. You know, I, I studied finance, and, uh, and, and I started working with these small businesses, and I found that what I studied in school was not – like I got my degree in corporate finance, and small business finance is not the same as corporate finance. And so – um, as I started developing these financial tools for small businesses, they're different than you know what I studied at uh, you know when I when I went uh, to Westminster and uh, and so do you run across this problem? Do you have this situation or what would you say to a business that says, oh, don't worry, you know our CFO manages all of our investments or you know we've got a bookkeeper who helps us out. We're okay. Is that adequate or is this something above and beyond that really you know most businesses could and should be doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I actually talked to this with my close clients to my close friends actually, who are also business owners. And then some of them say, like, Hey, if it's not, you know, if it's not broken, why fix it? Mm-hmm. And I see that, I see that point, but what if you can make it better? You know, who said we have to be average? Who said we have to just be normal? Who said we have to just kind of stay in our lanes? What if we want to go faster and bigger and, 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 and take on the next challenges? You know, that's where we would come in is to make things, you know, better for, and sometimes we're solving problems, you know, we're just solving just to get the clients to normal and that's fine too. But even if you are, if it's working, if you have a bookkeeper, if you have, you know, your, your accountant and everything's working, why not take it to the next level to make things better, to make things faster? That's one approach. And the second approach too is with this concept that we use, you know, the infinite banking concept. And I, and I strongly encourage clients just to check out this concept, just learn about it, read one book about it, you know, um, and, and learn about this. It, a lot of accountants and financial advisors have no idea what this concept is. So when we talk to, a, uh, you know, we talk to small business owners and we're explaining this concept to them and they're like, yeah, you know, my accountant never told me about this. So I don't really think I, it's necessary. I don't really need it. And and I see that you again back to the normal part, but you know a, a lot of insurance agents and financial planners and accountants don't understand this concept. Doesn't mean that it's not a good concept just because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I do. I, I encourage small business owners to just understand this, you know, for free. Just learn about this concept. Um, we actually have a free book that we give out to to clients just to kind of understand what it is. So I, I encourage them just understand what this concept is, 
and give this to your accountant too. Give this to your bookkeeper, give this to your staff, to your outside CPA, you know, have them also look at this too and, and see for themselves that if this will be a good tax strategy and then kind of to, on a side note, there are a lot of tax advantages with this, with this concept, use it, utilizing this concept, you know, the growth of the, the funds that as you're earning compound interest, it's, it's earning, it's, it's growing tax deferred. Um, and there's a lot of other tax benefits with this too. So kind of on the tax side and the accounting side, this is something they, if they knew about, they would actually encourage their clients to, to utilize more. And, and my experience too, of working with, you know, accountants too, is sometimes, I don't know what it is, but not to bash on CPAs and accountants, yeah. but pretty much um, <laughs> I've noticed that if they don't understand something, they'll just tell your client, their clients, you know, you don't need to do this. You're fine where you're at. Yeah. Your tax solution is oh, okay yeah. right now. It's fine. Oh, I, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, th I think you've got some really cool things going on for sure. Um, to me, this isn't really my realm, right? Finance, it's it's a little bit outside of uh, well, my expertise. I am familiar enough, though, to, to grasp the concepts and things. And to me, this is like being able to be in two places at once, right? You can, like you're saying, you can still utilize your money and it can be doing more for you. You can get more out of it. You can squeeze more juice out of the lemon, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So uh, you had mentioned that uh, that you've got uh, a book that uh, business owners, they, they can get. Uh, it, it was a free book. And so what, what I want to do is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the, uh, to the end of the interview here. We're going to wrap it up. But as we wrap up, what uh, what I would love is to uh, let our listeners know, how do they get a copy of that free book? How do they contact you? How do they get that assessment? You know, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of tools that are available to these business owners. And so, uh, so, so what do they do if they want to get access to these tools and get a copy of the book for themselves? Yeah, so the, the easiest way to get in contact with us is they can go to our website. It's Finn assetprotection.com, F-I-N, assetprotection.com. The name of the company is Financial Asset Protection and the website is finassetprotection.com. And pretty much there's a, you can schedule a free appointment. You can schedule an intro call, a financial analysis. Um, you can just ask for the free book. If you don't want to talk to us yet, you want just the free book, we can send you that free book via PDF and mm -hmm. email it to you. Um, so yeah, the, numerous ways to kind of reach out to us. Just the best way is finassetprotection.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, Siri Ibrahim. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to reach out to you. And again, if you don't want to have a, a call with us, a lot of clients are not ready for that. They just want just the, the material first. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Just reach out to us. We'll send you a free copy of the book. No no spam, no obligations, just a free copy of the book if you'd like it. Nice. I like that approach. Yeah. Cool. Well, Sari, thank you so much for joining us. We truly have appreciated uh, you coming on the show and what you've brought to the show is, is some really cool content. So thank you so much for that. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. Take care. Take care. Thanks. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. And make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content, such as interviews and short discussions.